0: I have edited over 500 things in my lifetime, Jeff. Maybe even more than that in the podcast world if I was going to tally them all together. And I'm so excited to talk about editing. No one ever asked me about editing, Jeff. I'm sure you've got a lot of questions. I have a lot of answers tonight. So let's do it. Editing talk with Chris and Jeff. Let's go. New theme song. I'd say the best part about editing is looking out and seeing the smile on children's faces. Christopher Novembrino. Oh, yes, I think so much has been lost in modern editing. I, I look back to the real pioneers of editing from the 60s and 70s, back when people had to edit with their hands. And it's just it's something that's lost in the craft today. Yeah, I'm calling in because you say you've edited hundreds of these shows, but they're all kind of lousy still, so what's up with that? Hey, call her? call her, Caller, caller, caller. Hey, stop talking for a second. Are you listening up? I'm not the idiot. You're the idiot. I disagree. I think you are. All I did was get one little end of one sound wave wrong, and it didn't line up with the other thing, and
1: then everyone's telling me I'm not any good at this. Everyone's a mess in wrestling, aren't aren't they? I mean, everything's a mess. No,
0: I, I mean, it's not exactly been a banner series of news weeks for AEW, WWE, or now NWA, has it?
1: Oh, so where would we like to start on this week? Because the the banter, the banter would be about wrestling anyways. We bantered for about 10 minutes before we hit hit play, or actually 20.
0: Um. I needed to make tea. I just, I get thirsty. my, My throat gets parched. It's important to take care of the vocal cords when I'm making these high quality podcasts.
1: Well, you know what? We were trending towards being an NWA show. Let's start with the heavy stuff. I would say that um, that trend
0: is probably coming to a screeching halt yeah, in the wake of this week.
1: Yeah, so Jim Cornette on this week's episode called, I believe, The Phoenix Rises, makes a comment that he has recycled, much like the Jerry Lawler joke book. Jim Cornette has a joke book and a set of standard lines as well. Quote. Should I quote it? I don't think. Yeah, I should no. Quote. Okay. I, you know what? Honestly, context, I think you we should, be,
0: should. You know, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So many people who have been trying to defend the quote have been afraid to even say the quote, and I think that's sort of a damning indictment on it. And so with that caveat, let's say it.
1: I will trans, uh, well, transpose kind of, because I don't know it word for word, but go some to the effect of this. When talking about someone's toughness, he said this about Trevor Murdoch. He also said this about Big Bubba Rogers. He's the kind of guy who could strap a bucket of fried chicken Onto himself and walk or motor through Ethiopia.
0: Yeah, sometimes he uses motor scooter in certain phrases. Motor phrasing. scooter, yes, yeah, because it
1: goes slower. Yeah, than that's a right. Yeah, that's right. He said walk with Bubba Rogers. That doesn't fly in 2019. You know, I'm not sure that it it, it flew or it ever did. I'm yeah, never right. going to no, say. No. Look, I'm not. I. I Let's, so let's, let's, let's get, get everybody rid of the point of out it. here. Nobody is going to defend Jim Cornette on this show. Really, not on this fucking on, show.
0: Part not of on my this French. Show. Yeah, not but no, absolutely not.
1: <laughs> that yeah. is a joke that's intrinsically
0: racist uh, because every part yes. of that joke trades in negative tropes about African American and African people. Um, it trades on stereotypes of starving Africans. And then also the fact that all black people all over the world love fried chicken. It's a horrible, (laughs) horrible joke.
1: Yeah. There, there are other foods you could have used there. Probably it'd still be insensitive. I mean, it's, it'd be, you know, if you said a bag of hamburgers,
0: uh, yeah, I think the starvation crisis in Ethiopia. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's over. Yeah.
1: Yeah, So we, we solved that with, we are the world. Don't you know all those bags of grain rotting on docks everywhere. Yeah. And so Jim Cornette has resigned. Of course, it is the <laughs> it is the standard <laughs> the standard celebrity person in power who doesn't really want to go, but is kind of being forced out. Apology, you know, either the can't anyone take a joke. I don't understand why people are overreacting or I'm sorry to anybody who was ever offended. Just lame. Just friggin' lame. And Jim Cornette, here's the problem. He gets no goodwill because of all the crap he's been saying about people like Justin Roberts, where he said he, he looked. Was it he or was it Bischoff that said he looked like a pedophile? I can't remember. No, I think it was Cornette who made
0: the joke yeah. like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, the internet is not the place for subtext. So if you go on a message board of any kind, you get the lowest common denominator, both anger and defense, which is ridiculous. Boy, and dude, do-
0: some of the defenses of Cornette are, as well, I said, they are always free of the operant quote, and I don't think that's an accident.
1: No, I, I mean, there are some bad will defenses. There have been a couple people who have tried in good faith to say, hey, what he said was bad. Do we need to fire him? And that I, I don't because I've talked to a couple people live in person. We had lunch and someone said that. And I I said, I don't think you 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 can let that go.
0: Yeah, I don't think but, you can but not I fire don't him. Think,
1: But I don't think he was coming from a place where it was like, well, I want to protect the racist. And I think there are some people here who who are knowledgeable of wrestling history and the bad people who have been in it that just kind of want to make a good faith attempt to say, hey, I don't care if you fire him, but do we need to? And I think there is that space, but it's not right now. There's and a different not-
0: space, I think, where he doesn't get fired. I'll make the argument for it.
1: I'll, I'll flush it out it. here. I'll-, I'll listen to you because I was trying to make it and I couldn't because I think-, I think he loses his job no matter what. But I think it's mostly on the basis. I don't know if it's on the basis of the joke itself or just that he hasn't built up any goodwill to defend himself from making a verbal faux pas.
0: So the issue is the organization. I say the way he's able to keep his job is if there's actually – a responsible organization at NWA and people who are responsible in the editing room and people who, one, pay attention when they edit the show, two, listen to the show once they're done making the show. I'm sorry, watch the show, I but these are steps that I take myself. And then three, if you're going to delay the release, why not watch it one more time before you put it to air? If there have been responsible people doing their job there and if NWA is an organization, had had those fail safes in place there would have been the opportunity to pull Jim Cornette aside and go hey whoa buddy that joke I know you were just in the moment you were going through the joke book you pulled out that joke you got it out and you probably maybe even had a second thought about it as you were saying it but you were halfway through the sentence and we're live and we're doing it on tape I get that there's only one take on this stuff but we need to go in and just do a quick punch in on that if that happens, yeah. we probably never even hear about that. That's not even probably a Meltzer-level rumor. I, th- I think we just never hear about the story at all. And so in that scenario, I don't think Jim Cornett has to lose his job. So what I would say to the people who are upset that Jim Cornett lost his job— one of the big reasons he had to go is because NWA, as an organization, does not have the fail in place. Um, it's an HR-level problem, too. They have real, real organizational issues that I think... To just fire Jim Cornette and to send him into exile really misses the point. The point is that this was not a live-to-television show. It was something you taped and edited. So the whole excuse that Nick Aldis volunteered of, well, I think it's good that we promptly took it down and edited out the offensive quote.
1: No, that
0: quote never should have been there, dude.
1: I was not as harsh on Aldous's apology as you were, because I think he was trying to do it in good faith and say, hey, we took it down and we put it back up. And, hey, I'm sorry, because people are going to be going at him trying to explain away what Cornet did. I think he had to basically offer some kind of apology to get people off his back. But I agree with you. I, I You know what? Someone in I'm sure they have two or three people on headsets listening to the show as they're doing it, you know, getting camera angles, producing all the general things you do in live television sports who heard it. And maybe somebody should have brought up then, hey, do we need to mark this for edit or not? But then when you go into post and you're listening to it, something has to trigger you in order to say, hey, you know what? This might not be the best thing to make air. Now, if it comes out that that came up, and someone said, no, what are, you don't have a sense of humor or whatever. Then, then you, then you, you bring the wrath of God down on these people. I, 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 especially, but this, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's indefensible in many ways. You, you have two or three layers here that it got through and that's a problem, much like the ACH shirt, you know, you can be tone, you know, you try to explain it a way as incompetence versus menace or whatever, but you you can't save the guy on this.
0: No, I don't think you can save the guy, but I'll go back to all this. One, we talked about this, and I said that this was an elective fight that he elected to fight. And so if you're going to do that, I don't think the phrase in poor taste really fully encapsulates.
1: It wasn't strong enough for you. No, no.
0: I don't think think it's strong enough to aptly describe the level of a joke that people are scared to say out loud. It's okay. beyond taste. it's an okay. offensive joke um okay, and so to, yeah to say it's unnecessary it's not it's and you know it's the other thing that Lagana said where some people were upset no it's it's an offensive joke. if you wouldn't say that joke, the reason you wouldn't say that joke is because you know it offends people
1: yeah i I think the standard for all these <laughs> for all these crisis management p r firms and whatnot here here's your here's your template. We messed up. We're sorry. It won't ever, ever happen again. And then just go away for a while. Go the F away because this explaining, oh, you don't see, you see, with this Miles Garrett situation in football today, it comes out that Miles Garrett, in order to try and avoid a suspension, is now saying, well, somebody called me a bad word. Well, that doesn't explain away the fact that you tried to brain a dude with a helmet, okay? just say you're sorry you say you're sorry and that's the crux of it and that's it now i'm sorry but here's what happened i'm sorry but here's an explanation uh, everything after but is BS. Just say you're sorry. That's all I want out of people these days. It's so simple.
0: Lagana had another phrase like that, or in his sort of explanation of this, I thought I thought that was weak, and ditto with Corgan. I I just think uh, and NWA's statement today. Yeah,
1: they're trying to protect the company, and it's just it's it's it comes off as weak sauce. Some of it is.
0: PR, trying to cover your ass stock phrasing, but there's another thing that I think a lot of people are attenuated to where those phrases, when assembled in a certain order, take the form of a non-apology apology.
1: Yes, Yes, and that's what what those things are intended for. It's, I'm sorry, but I'm actually legitimate in being a terrible person and doing all these bad things. So once I say all these things, you'll come around to my side. And it's like, no, well, that's not really an apology. You're just trying to explain it away. Still, oh, they used the
0: <laughs> phrase uh, "not pleasing" was another way that they described. It. I mean, come on, dude, like not pleasing.
1: God, and and you and I are from different ideological sides of this the tracks isn't on close, most things. Though. I know I, it's so weird that 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 it's like, look, we're both just saying, look, own up to this stuff. You know, I can. <laughs> it's just, how do you? Uh... Now, okay, here's what's worse: was Jim Cornette basically being defiant, or or the Lagana Corgan explanation? All this things worse. Which was worse?
0: Boy, um.
1: I gotta say, for Corn- It's a theoretical question. It, it, yeah, no- yeah, no,
0: it is. Cornette. I'm gonna say Cornette because Cornette's got this yeah. whole brand of being a liberal and being a guy who's pretty enlightened. And, and I think that the right answer for Cornette, especially the way for him to say faces, he should have said something like, Wow, I realized after we taped that 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 was a, even if this isn't true at all. uh wow, I realized after we taped that that this is a big mistake i i I said that that's a joke that belongs in the twentieth century and in the dustbins of the twentieth century, and I went to Corgan, I went to Lagana, I went to all of them, and I was like, you guys should probably pull that out, and they never did. I don't know why
1: i you see I see his brand more as opinionated opinionated provocateur with a Loose, far too loose language to be kind of like a 12 year old edgelord type of thing on the Internet where he's just he's saying not just critical things, but possibly vile critical things to get his point across. And it doesn't work for him. Well, he's reached diminishing returns.
0: And this is what happens. He's hap- a
1: grown ass man, is what he is. And he should act like a grown man when he does well, these Well, those things. great shoot videos expert. were like 15, 20 years ago yeah. now, too. Yeah. And so, like, yeah,
0: yeah his shtick has hit diminishing returns. And there are a bunch of former pundits from all over the political spectrum just to like avoid a debate. I'm not going to name them, but watch the arc of some of these guys that you remember from 15 years ago. They are on much, much, much smaller platforms. Like, Go and check out what Larry King's been doing these days. Uh, <laughs> like they reach an the end of their life cycle, and it then, you know, in order to keep any level of interest at all, you have to say more and more bombastic and sensationalistic things. That's how you keep the audience in. And I think Cornet's doing that with his own brand.
1: Yeah. He has a brand and he's trying to protect the brand. That's that's I, I swear, I think I think a lot of the Conrad hosts also have a quote unquote brand and I think at first Meltzer was in on it in terms of providing wrestling observer newsletters for people to react to as opposed to you know just a subscriber who collected old newsletters and then had access to all those. Um you know i I think I think a lot of wrestling podcasting can be a work at times and I think I think you know No it's,
0: way. Wait, wait. You're saying there's some workers in this business.
1: Yes, you know the old Carney uh, so before we just drop NWA together, what did you think of the sh- what did you think of the play, Mister Lincoln?
0: <laughs> it lost me somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I would say the show was a mess. B- beyond yeah. everything else, I I think we have been discussing a show that was arcing into a messy direction, and this episode was the messiest one yet. Um, I think. Thunder Rosa continues to be a star. And, and one of the things that I'm like most frustrated about Cornette doing what he did is like this. I thought was a really great vehicle for her. And she is someone who has not always had the greatest television vehicles to kind of showcase what her act is about. And this was doing a really nice job of that. And now there's this stink all over the whole thing. That really sucks. Um, but the question mark, I feel like we have question to talk about has the bl- question has mark.
1: Blown up spectacularly in their faces. It has because they intended one thing, and it's become another, and now they can't stop it.
0: Right, and they have only been able to marginally write around it. and And the biggest problem is if they didn't have a cluster f of a main event picture and mid card picture between James Storm and Nick Aldis, and like all of the drums that surround them with Eli Drake. Um, <laughs> With, with all of that, then you have the question mark coming in here. And like, let's keep it real. That audience right now, as I'm leaving that episode, they want the question mark to be the North American champion.
1: Yeah, they've accidentally gotten into this heel face baby team because I don't think they planned on having it. Absolutely like that. not. And they're and you know what? I think next TV tapings, you're going to see them have Aaron Stevens turn on the question mark just to get that get that nipped in the bud who knows who their new color commentator will be
0: do you think they're gonna cut the question mark angle do you think that they're gonna because i don't think they should run from it either as much as this whole thing's blown up in their faces here's the thing that josephus guy we can't really do the Josephus character and the Josephus character is actually mildly offensive. And especially after this whole thing with Jim Cornette, maybe just maybe try walking a tighter line NWA. Just, just throwing that one out there. If well, you're still I'll, listening I'll, to I'll us, I'll tell
1: you something. I'm, I'm intrigued now by the question Mark gimmick. Because, okay, look, intrigue.
0: Well, That's what the well, question Mark fosters.
1: Well, yes, but, but I'll, I'll tell you why it is because one of my, it's from a comic book thing again, because you know a lot of my, a lot of my growing up was based on comic books, and that's you know how I lost myself in fantasy and learned how to write stories and stuff. But they have an interesting thing here, where everybody knows it's Josephus under the mask, and Josephus is that Bugsy McGraw type heel type thing, where he's a little bit too clever by half in terms of being more of a comedy guy than a t- rough and tough brawler guy. But you have the opportunity here to have, there's a comic book called Thunderbolts where a group of bad guys seeing that the heroes had been taken away from earth decide that they're going to pretend to be heroes to get goodwill so they can get away with plans. But it turns out some of the villains end up liking being heroes and love getting the adoration being liked and being, you know, looked up and like doing things on the straight and narrow if the producers of NWA have creativity, you could do a nice little fighting with redemption story. Even if you reintroduce the Josephus character back out here, because everybody knows what's going on here where, Oh, he, in order to do good things, he has to be the question mark. But when he comes out and beats Josephus, there's the expectation he needs to be a heel. And so you have moral conflict there. That could be interesting.
0: No, I, I like think. this. And this also keeps The question mark from having to be a main event angle and overheating. So I I really like this. No, this is this is really this is actually a strong little detour for the Josephus question mark character. And then you can return to him chasing for the North American title once he's able to overcome this reconciliation of self angle. I actually like this a lot.
1: Yeah. He can, he can make a decision and go either heal or baby face once and for all. And then, you know, whatever, but you know, they did something very similar with Eddie Gilbert when his, one of his short stints in the NWA that I really love where it's like, you know, I, I used to be a bad person, but now I'm learning to do things the right way. It was so, it was kind of cool. Cause they, you know, they had him on a team with Ron Simmons and it it was in a U.S. tag team tournament, and, and and Gilbert's like, now's the time to cheat, and Ron Simmons wouldn't let him, and it just drove him insane. So, yeah, no, there, there's some interesting things in here, but yeah they they still have, they still have a lot of loose ends. You know, th- I love Dave Marquez this week. You know, just being the interrogating reporter and just, you know, getting shot down about the Camille stuff. I love Joe galleys, <laughs> Joe gollys I'm going to get these answers, Jim. <laughs> Jim's like, you're an idiot. You know, I, I liked that. Um, but there there are way too many blurred lines here for my liking. And I still, I wish they would decide whether or not they are the wild cards or wild card, because I'm getting both and I'm tired of it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, that gimmick is there's it's, it's not a Great. good gimmick either too. Mad. No, I I don't I don't think either one of those two guys are particularly compelling. Um, and there are issues with this show. The parts that are more straightforward, for example, the women's division, not necessarily lighting your world on fire, but like straightforward, easy to follow, looks good, plays well on the screen. I still want to see like the little Thunder Rosa doc that they've got of her going into the MMA. Um, I, they just, they got
1: some pieces. They have a couple of pieces, but not many. Um,
0: and they really you know, like, they need to, if they're going to ever have any goodwill at all, they can't just act like they're going to walk past this one. Uh, this is, this Mo- is bad. The, and the organization, it's gotta be more than just fire Cornet.
1: Yeah. Molina doesn't move the needle too much for me.
0: I, no, I, I like no. I, I like
1: her personally, but well, I like, just, why,
0: why did she even need to be involved in this angle?
1: I don't actually um, get that because I think they were looking for something for her to do.
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean, like, I just I don't view this as a value added for Thunder Rosa because she already had Marty Bell doing this thing where she was echoing what Thunder Rosa said.
1: Ashley Vox is, is pretty good. I, I hope they bring her sister in as well. I, the, the one thing and I, I do like Thunder Rosa. I just can't stand the timpani stuff when 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 there's a major oh yeah yeah that's for sure happen, yes yeah the, the the weird timpani drums that increase frequency until somebody decides to do something and then it's just like okay it seemed it it felt like it was overdubbed because nobody in the uh nobody in the audience reacted to anything in it so it's like eh, okay that that's a bit much it's a bit too cute by half but uh Oh, and I liked, liked Aldous and Murdoch. I thought that was a nice little match. I thought I thought the story there was pretty yeah. good.
0: <laughs> Just It's hard to like, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. You're I, a
1: crafty bastard, but I respect you.
0: That was so weird because I went back and I was like, where did he cheat?
1: He, uh, he did the nut shot, I think, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, with the ropes. Oh, okay. And that's not what a baby face does. That's not what somebody pure does. uh, for sure (laughs) thank you you, internet fan you're welcome okay uh let's get to the federation then a couple of quick no one got
0: held hostage in saudi arabia this week so i I think that that's a big plus for them
1: good news thanks tony thanks tony khan
0: (laughs) yeah i got some aew jokes too i got jokes all Uh, around
1: well, that was the big news. Uh, NXT did beat AEW in the ratings. Uh, a little bit over nine hundred thousand for NXT with all the plugging on Raw. That main roster people were yeah, going yeah, to be how, there. Yeah, but how
0: did NXT do in the demo, my friend?
1: Oh, you are on this. Um, it fell. It, it did not do as well in eighteen to forty nine as AEW mm-hmm. did, but it did better in fifty plus, which is the those basic aren't even people. Those are the WWE fan base right now, the majority of them.
0: Well, it's I good think. that they don't, don't have so any money and size. they don't buy stuff. No, okay, so yeah. like like I'll drop the jokes here a little bit. Um the numbers have been going down across the board. I see people always cherry picking the numbers for NWA Power or AEW and and you can stack it up and you can massage the internals and get to the demo and that's great. But the reason you're even talking about the demo is to avoid talking about the raw total, which across the board for all of this wrestling product is trending down because there's too much of it, because people are oversaturated and people are having to pick out their time. So I do a politics show. I'm really into basketball. I like wrestling too. Wednesday night was hell for me. I had been watching news and politics stuff all day. I had to decide between 11 different NBA games and also two wrestling shows. And a debate was happening. It's 14 different things, Hawkins. Not all at the same time, but it's enough things that eventually you have to make a decision about what you're doing with 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock. And everyone's going through that, and it's splitting the baby.
1: I think there's something to that. I think there's a lot to the fact that airing wrestling live hurts on the West Coast for a lot of numbers. And then by the time you get to a replay, you know, you just basically have dvd would it and you decide what to watch. I think the wrestling itself has cannibalized itself. The the, the night to watch wrestling is Monday night. It has been for 24 years, 25 years almost. People watched three hours mostly on Monday nights and and then then they're done with wrestling for
0: Saturday, maybe.
1: Maybe, yeah, maybe they'll watch a pay-per-view, maybe they'll watch a network special, maybe they'll watch one other show. A little one-hour, like, a little kicker
0: for for Saturday night, especially if you, you, when you were me, growing up on Saturday night, I was playing video games all day, and I was waiting for WCW Saturday night to come on. And that was, like, crappy wrestling, but yeah, from- that's the type of stuff that kids want.
1: For me, wrestling came on Saturday afternoons, noon or three o'clock, and then maybe an evening show or a late night show on Saturday nights up against Saturday Night Live when they knew they'd get killed. I mean, that's what you did. You watched one hour and you got out of there. Now you got three hours to watch. That's the night people watch. And I also think, look, I'm going to say this and people are going to jump down my throat and I'm fine with it. Other look, the crowd is hotter. The matches are pretty darn great on AEW as well, but there's not a whole lot differentiating AEW from any other modern wrestling product. It's in an arena. You have a Titan Tron. People come down. They have great matches. Okay. Again, this is where promos would help. This is where a lot of things, you know, you get the occasional angle. That's great, but it's professional wrestling.
0: Yeah, the People differentiations have, uh, more in vibe and mood and stuff that is not on camera inside of the full walls too subtle. of your television screen.
1: Yes, that is too subtle a, a change to be a difference maker in the industry. You used to you used to cover Lucha Underground. Yes, sir. Lucha Underground tried something out of the box.
0: And you know what's funny is I still will occasionally get people going, oh, I was on Netflix, and I actually watched some of that Lucha Underground. It was pretty interesting. Now, this is like not the type of show you'd binge watch, and so the problem there is the medium there, but right. they watched a few episodes, and they kind of liked the concept. They liked the vibe that you got oh, in there, the color scheme. Lucha Underground. Cin-
1: yeah. The weird cinematic choices that they'd make. They'd give people superpowers all of a sudden. Those vignettes you know, they- were
0: cool, dude. They They had a vibe about them.
1: It wasn't my thing, but it was out-of-the-box thinking. I mean, I'd I'd much rather have, you know... It was a different
0: thing, and it was its own thing. And that's what matters. I I think the problem is, a lot of times, the WWE alternative ends up feeling like... And I don't mean this pejoratively, because some of the stuff on this brand was pretty good. I think you guys know where I'm going. TNA. Good TNA. Not bad (laughs) TNA. Good TNA. But But it has... That vibe, which is, I don't know, I, I don't know what the word is for it, but you know, fluorescent. Maybe, maybe the word is just—it's like fluorescent lighting. There's something that's not quite warm about it. There's something that's not—it's not the same as a good friggin' light bulb. It's a fluorescent it, light bulb.
1: I—I'll I, go. It's—it's it's polished like the other show. I think that's the difference here. The The miking of the crowd is better because it's a hotter crowd in AEW, but it still feels like a very slick, polished, made-for-television wrestling product versus a pro-wrestling product on television, if if, if you understand what I'm saying with the difference there.
0: Yeah, yeah no, a, a pro-wrestling show, a yes. TV show that is a pro-wrestling TV show. I, I think you nailed it. AEW is an arena live show. You you were talking before we got on air how you like Nitro. watching... It's Nitro. Yeah, you like watching it live. And there's something to that, dude, especially when I go back and watch the old Nitros and, the, and I think about the way I used to feel watching those. I felt like I was in the crowd and then when I went... Oh, man. Nitro ruled. I loved Nitro back in the day. Um, yeah, no, bro. You're, you're getting the kid out of me. I, so I get it. Um, that's what AEW is trying to tap into. Um, but... It's it, One, it's tough when we have an on-demand culture, which likes to watch stuff. And I'm not saying, there's not like a societal thing. I'm saying like television consumers, we watch stuff on demand now. When you're bored, you pull out your phone and you get on YouTube and you go and look up something and it starts whenever you hit play. That's on demand.
1: <laughs> Chris, here's the punchline. I thought when NWA Power announced what they were doing, I thought, oh, this will be an interesting out-of-the-box yes, kind of throwback yep. type thing. Concept. And they're and th- but here's here's the punchline i thought their strength would be in their editing because they're not going live <laughs>
0: <laughs> I go, no, because they had have to be time. tighter. We were talking they'll about this. They were going to make them all be one hour. And you have to pay attention, you know, when you're editing stuff, especially when you need to meet a timestamp. Holy shit. How do they? There's no way you'll ever convince me that no one was unaware of that quote now. Now that you've said it like that, <laughs> now that you're aware that there's a timestamp, there's no way that they edited that whole thing, reached the end, and we're like, well, that's 60 minutes. I guess we're done here.
1: It's like we have an hour, we can't screw around, but you know we can get rid of the rough edges, we can tell the stories we want to tell in a tight space, and there won't be any filler like there are on these two- and three-hour, four-hour juggernaut shows. And we'll edit it, and it'll be tightly controlled then this thing happens, and you're just like, why can't I have nice things? Why? Why? Yeah, that was
0: my immediate reaction. I was just like, oh, good. Uh, uh, Another concept is now tainted beyond repair. Because if if you were someone who was offended by that and you said, I just can't do any more bad vibes. I just need to watch something else that I don't have to get over the ickies with. I'd go, I feel you, man. I and, and, I, I and, get it. Yeah.
1: And and shout out to PW Torches Cameron Hawkins, uh, as he we call each other cousin Cam and Cousin Jeff, for being on uh, being the head head guy on this to really drive the narrative and really notice this and get it out there because I mean he he got it out there and this is when people started talking and he was he was great on this. So kudos to him. We have finished with NWA talk, I think. We have finished with ratings talk. Uh, ACH, now ACH, formerly Jordan Miles, the company WWE has given to Fightful.com the statement that he no longer works for us. Thank you. Or he's no longer under contract. Thank you. No further comment. So he is free to take bookings wherever he wants. But Good what about him. his
0: future endeavors? Do they wish him well?
1: I believe that this is going to be buried with ET cartridges in a landfill somewhere because they know in WWE, if this ever went to court in some ways, the racism angle would not play for any judge or any jury. This is the settlement. Go be you. That's, that's, that's what it is. Here you go. Goodbye. No future endeavors. No big announcement. Let's make this a, as stealth as possible and get it out of the way. And move on and maybe nobody will notice because, hey, war games are this weekend.
0: (laughs) No, I I think that you're right in in a very cynical way. It's smart, right? Like the the idea of if we ever go to court on this, we may have the law on our side. But in order to have the law on our side, we're going to have to argue that the T-shirt and we'll have to have the T-shirt up there. There will be headlines about the T-shirt. We'll have to argue that the T-shirt is inoffensive.
1: At the very least, they'd have to settle. They would have to oh, settle. Yeah. There'd be no way, and 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 they the damage, want just
0: the financial damage you do by yes. having that being a news story when your stock's already kind of uh, on the uh, teeter totter.
1: You know, they could they could pull the CM Punk and try and get continuances and changes of venue. They could, you know, but here's the problem: if this ever went to court, it would get out there. And then public opinion would be off their side. They know, look, lawyers know when to cut bait and make a deal and when they want to take this to the very end. I think McDevitt and his team, who are very brilliant, probably said our chances of winning this are decent if you go by letter of the law. But the public relations hit we'd take in terms of testimony and who knew what when and these emails would absolutely kill us. And there's a chance that the jury, if he had a jury, would come back with punitive damages. That would be pretty, pretty big. So let's just say, hey, if you don't talk about it anymore, we'll give you your release. So he probably signed an NDA and and this is the last you're ever going to hear of uh, him and the WWE. Well,
0: I mean, it's. A weird, strange chapter that has now, at least for a while, come to a close. But he'll be back in a ring at some point, not so distant future, right?
1: Uh, yeah, he's taking bookings. He's doing indie bookings, I believe, this weekend, even. wow. Um, so okay. there's a chance he may show up on AEW eventually. Probably not as a star, but maybe as kind of uh, in that best friend's mid-card type thing where all other pwgx seem to go <laughs> um <laughs> well i mean you know former pwgx whatever i mean look it's 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 no business, it's the I truth think. no
0: yeah i know but like the way you're saying it too sort of is like a bit of a slap at the tag division which i i, I concur with
1: i think the tag division's a little weaker than people think but that's i agree i agree, me. I agree. Because we're going to get into what makes a great tag. If team the match revival later. came
0: into that tag team <laughs> division, they would be. They, would, they, would, be, they, would, they be would be. talking
1: like Jim Ross, like, "Hey, we need to hold the tag rope and have five seconds in the ring instead of this four way." No, but they would also stuff. be the
0: most over. They would be the most over tag team of that couple. Oh yes,
1: oh yes, yeah, no, no doubt in my mind. Um Oni Lorcan also requested his release. Um I don't know uh, because the voices of wrestling flagship uh account was being very coy in that there was a talent still under contract that is going to try and take indie bookings elsewhere, perhaps even in another country. I don't know if they were talking about ACH. I don't know if they were talking about Oni Lorkin. I don't know if they were talking about somebody in another federation altogether. But Oni Lorkin requesting his release. So far, no response from the company. I understand his frustration. Um, I think there are some ways out of this that the company could probably offer him some stuff to stay, but I don't know anything, so I'll just leave it at that.
0: Yeah, I think he's got room to run still in this company, and I think if you talked to, but One, not on
1: two oh five. I mean, well, no, he yeah, Danny, no, he
0: doesn't need to be the cruiserweight champion. What he needs to be is the North American champion in NXT. I think he yeah, actually could. Or, yeah, you could do bring him over to NXT UK, get him, or
1: he and Birch could have a run somewhere because they were they were fighting for the tag team titles and had a great match there. They're they're a great tag. Team.
0: They really are. No, they 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 are like. They are an upper middle class man's revival. Like they're a really good team. And I, I'm, I definitely don't mean that in a pejorative way. I, that, that's a great thing to be. Like Birch and Lorkin are a really, really dynamic tandem. And yeah, I think that there are things for him to do that I don't, <laughs> for any number of reasons, think were possible for ACH.
1: So we'll get into the television, and then we'll do our previews. Um. I will say this. We will not do too much time on AEW, but please listen to everything elite every week on the voices of wrestling network. In addition to Wednesday night wars with our friend Garrett kidney, still broken by WWE. You're either. He'll be a back. Pheni-
0: He'll, He loves it. He knows he does.
1: <laughs> there are two types of people in this world, Chris. There are Phoenix Jackson opener fans, and there are revival O'Reilly fish fans. Where was your preference?
0: I mean, this is, like, not really close. And I like Phoenix, uh, but... I love Phoenix. Yeah, no, but we're talking about Red Dragon versus The Revival here. Come on.
1: You could not take the smile off my face. Adhering to tag rules... Doing basic tag team things in absolute clinic. I thought I was 13 sitting in front of my basic, first basic cable box watching Jim Crockett promotions. I. Loved this match. I loved everything about it. I, I you know, the, the, uh, Dash is really that,
0: fun when he has more emotional range yes. and he doesn't have to just work straight heel. I like him when he can get closer to the gray spectrum, it, it, it opens him up a lot.
1: This was two teams being very close to the gray spectrum and I loved it. it. It's, it's, it's the type of thing which can really, really work because they're such great technicians, but it might not work because. They're both heel teams and the audience has to pick one usually to go with. And you'd think, but it kind of worked because the revival were seen as returning alumni, but also interlopers and also underdogs. Yes. The the one thing that I loved, especially about this match is because the thing I hated about this show overall, and I guess we're starting with it because I'm already into it, is the fact that every match had to have a run in. And this one ended clean. And I loved the ending too. I loved just Dawson seeing that Dash was going to be unable to help him. And you see that I love that shot of Dash just basically pawing at the apron, trying to get up and he couldn't. And he's just like, it's, it's like that scene in a movie where, you know, you're going to be shot and just, you just kind of accept it and you take the kill. And I, I loved it. I, I I think these two teams, I would love to see a best of 71 series every week. Just watching these two teams and seeing what kind of throwback things the revival bring in because they brought in power and glory again. They brought in a couple of Anderson spots. I forget who did the, the throw the guy onto the knee spot for the finisher in the 80s, but somebody did that. They just do a lot of om- they do the Velveteen Dream homage thing better than Velveteen Dream, in my opinion, because they make it serious.
0: Yeah, but and everything- it fits into their system of offense, too. It doesn't feel like a cover band.
1: And I'll tell you something, it was, it was a bit of a mess up, but Dawson not being able to get the leg all the way over on fish and, and kind of spiking his nose a little bit for the blood. I dug it. I dug it. It looked like a fight, made it a fight to me, made it interesting to me, got me on the edge of my couch going, come on, baby, let's get some dukes on. Let's get some clubbering. Uh, I, I loved it. I absolutely, this might be my match of the year.
0: Yeah, I I really really enjoyed this match. Um, but like last week, there was some really good stuff on there. People were like, "How is NXT going to be able to reproduce this one-time shot?" And they keep having different things to put in the bullet.
1: So let's uh, let's go through this two-hour show.
0: Let's do it. All right. So we got to talk about uh, first and foremost Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley.
1: The man is welcomed back in by. William Regal, almost called him Steven Regal. William Regal comes out, cuts a pretty good promo. I like, I, uh, Becky is the best actress of the, of the NXT horsewomen. And I just love every time the crowd kind of did a throwback chant, she'd actually react to it naturally as someone who had left and came back would, she, she liked, you know, the throwback stuff. She 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 brought up the Sasha, Becky, NXT. I forget the name of the pay-per-view they were on, but uh that match where which really saved her career. But then when they started chanting like Sasha's Ratchet, which is an old NXT, you know, thing, she reacted to that. She reacted to this crowd because this crowd ebbed and flowed with her. They they liked having her there, but they'd also chant for their favorites still. Or people that they liked who used to be there still. And she'd, she'd go with the flow. And yeah, then. Uh, it's like when you re- go back
0: to high school the year after to go and say hi to a teacher and you walk back into the building that felt like home for four years and it just immediately does not feel like home anymore. And it's really, really weird.
1: You like the nostalgia and you'll go, hey, this is kind of cool. But you also have come back like in two or three years and there are people you still know there. And they're like, and the, like one of them will say something like, why are you here? how come you haven't left town? And you know, you kind of get that, uh, he's kind of right type of thing. That little tinge of regret that you came back here way too soon. But yeah, no, I, I got that. I, I liked, uh, I liked Rhea Ripley and, uh, and Becky for, for, you know, what they gave us. Um, you know, it, it was interesting. I, I didn't like the promo by Rhea. Cause I, I just, I, I think, look, eh, how many times are you going to make man jokes? With, with Becky, you know, it, we, we've heard uh, Vince it
0: loves a good balls joke, yeah. though. I yes, mean, who and who doesn't uh, like listen to some of those Manscaped promos we did. They were good. They were really good. But,
1: but this would start our cavalcade of run ins of all kinds. Um, but but as the match itself, did you have any thoughts up until the uh, run in by Shana and the horse women?
0: It was fine, but it was not. A Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley match. No. So, you know, I, I just, I can't, I, I can't get myself to go, oh, let's, you know, really meaningfully assess this because I knew we were going to end with a non-conclusion. We were not going to have Rhea Ripley lose to Becky Lynch and and that wasn't going to go vice versa. I mean, if anything, I thought maybe Ripley could get a count on out on Lynch, but that's the only way you'd have anything close to a clean win. I was leaning towards interference and there was interference.
1: Yeah, I, I was, too. I was thinking maybe DQ win for Ripley. Yeah. So they could say, oh, she won. Unfinished she business. Victory. Yeah. Kind of thing to give that thing for later. Then, of course, Raw women come out. Smackdown women come out. NXT women come out. Kyrie Sane is dressed in like Nikki Bella cosplay, which confused me to no end. Uh, the be- the baseball cap basically <laughs> I was like what yeah no it's 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 know.
0: weird because she was getting rawed up so in order to be Man. on team raw you have to wear raw colors
1: obviously EO is gonna be on the NXT women's team for Survivor Series because they played up the Kyrie EO relationship which is kind of cool you know it, you know it's, I like that it's, they're it's both it's
0: heels but they both still hate each other
1: T shirt wars that's, that's that's what this is this is all T shirt wars went down kind of as expected. Uh my my coda for this will be I loved the promo video for war games. There's a shot and I tweeted it out of the heel team when Shayna's basically kind of looking in the camera and everybody's kind of back, and Kaylee Ray is kind of awesome sitting up there on the on the turnbuckle with a grin on her face. It looked just like an opening splash page for a comic book where they're introducing the heel team who just beat up Spider-Man or something. I, I thought that was great. I'm looking forward to this match. We'll preview it in a moment. Uh, any thoughts to clean up on?
0: No, uh, nothing on that. Matt Riddle defeats Ricochet's next.
1: Interesting, Kona Reeves doing double duty this week of all people. Kona Reeves got himself in shape, showing some abs off. Boy, he just—he looks like di- no.
0: It's 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 not just the abs though. I mean, the whole frame is much tighter, much more angular. Mm-hmm. Like his legs look yes. tighter,
1: his shoulders look tighter. He's been working out. Yeah, he's he been, been working, working out. out yeah, he's been working so out good really, really him. hard.
0: No, I I think S- I I even thought the promo on NXT UK
1: not a ton well, to work with there. But not Let's bad. Let's talk about that during NST UK, because I want to talk about him a little bit more. But yeah, no, I agree with you on, on the promo. He gets taken out real quick, and we get a impromptu Riddle-Ricochet match.
0: It was good. Yeah, right. I, I was actually... <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I was thinking interference with this, no interference, but Matt yeah. Riddle, like when he's not doing his pay-per-view level match his tv i'm not actually really doing anything meaningful tonight match you can feel it
1: you can tell he's going through the motions here's where i'm going to do my pele kick here's where i'm going to do this here's where i'm going to do that here's you know here's my bro Derek or whatever yeah no i agree it was uh (laughs) he gets up for big time matches he needs to get up for these television Sh- shows as well and, you know, i acting. think
0: part of that's agenting like what they need to do with yeah. a match like this is okay there's a there needs to be a story like i don't know work ricochet's leg something to get matt riddle to be thinking a little bit like an mma fighter as he's calling his match
1: yeah a little surprised at, at this match to be honest with you i i was but uh
0: surprises in underwhelmed surprised with how underwhelmed you were with it
1: i think we saw this in dallas didn't we
2: was oh, this where Ricochet yeah. and, uh, and hey, yeah, Riddle we fought? Did.
1: Yes, Yes together. I think we were both at the same show too. Yeah, and it was that that one. They was had a good like, barbecue. Everybody was just like, "Man, Riddle hasn't been here long. This was one of the best matches ever." Blah 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 blah. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and then we get this, and you're just like, eh, "Okay, that's what they decided to do with, with with a Riddle Matt Matt Riddle Ricochet match that we may never see again." Okay. <laughs>
0: Very, very strange. Then we had Nakamura and Cesaro come out, and they attacked uh, Riddle.
1: (laughs) I don't... Yeah. T-shirt wars, everybody. Man, it's
0: just bloodless. Like, like, there's no rhyme nor reason you know that this fever... It's really... It's more than T-shirt wars. It's T-shirt fever. It drives everyone crazy. You put on the the T-shirt, and you lose your mind.
1: You know what it is? It's the company picnic, and accounting is facing marketing. Field day going and like a, too far? Yes, it's field day stuff. It, it's it, There's no... It's not like, and it's not like anybody's taking it's like the company softball game seriously and going, "Yeah, man, in accounting we're gonna kick your ass." There's no passion to this whatsoever. They're just, oh, we're wearing a blue shirt and we're gonna beat on you a bit. But why are we doing it? Because we, because we love the SmackDown brand. Do you believe? Do you believe any of these guys go home, look in the mirror, and go, "Yeah, I'm part of SmackDown, bitch." You know, there's not that.
0: It's just not going to happen. No, I, I th- yeah,
1: man. Look at me. I'm getting the raw red. I'm finally on the A show. These matches <laughs> could be so cool, and they go
0: out of their way, and they end up being cool in the ring, right? But it's like with like a fart contest along the way for four weeks it, when you could have a story that's slowly bubbling over... I would say six months. I would actually start planting some of the seeds for war games with just little interbrand squabbles that never fully get resolved. And then we pick back up that thread in three months. Like you plant a little seed, you come back to it. Like this could be a really fun narrative beat in this company's (laughs) year, every year. And instead it's like, well now you got t-shirt fever and you just need to kill.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Yeah. And of course, there's Finn Balor in all black, just doing his thing, being the lone wolf. And I'm cool with that. That's that's actually an interesting twist. Honestly, this
0: has helped get him going and not be lost. Like reintroducing Tommaso Ciampa. We were worried initially that Tommaso and Finn might be jamming each other's lanes, especially with regards to Adam Cole. And Finn's very much in his nice own little spot right now. It's interesting then um kaylee ray faces dakota kai
1: you gotta explain this to me you really do because oh, dakota, god don't please here, here's, here's no. no here back back off because i got i i'm i'm a little i'm a little worked up over this one um because basic storytelling 101 says that now Kay, not kaylee ray but dakota kai has to factor into this women's war games thing there is no reason to put her out there as the sacrificial lamb to get Kaylee Ray over for war games to the American crowd, other than the fact that they have to pay this off at war games. If they don't, this is a mistake of planning, not of epic proportions, but it it, it, it ranks high on the things that just annoy the hell out of me about this company sometimes because you have Chelsea green, you have, Deanna Perrazzo, you have Lacey Lane, you have any number of, you could have local competitors in the Orlando area, you could bring in Amber Nova to die at the hands of Kaylee Ray, you could have Santana Garrett and her family sob story to die at the hands of Kaylee Ray, you have plenty of people to 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 feed to Kaylee Ray, and you chose Dakota Kai, now if you didn't do this for any reason other than, well, she's a good competitor and we can beat her then this entire thing with her has been a absolute waste of time. I liked the match. I liked that uh, Dakota Kai continues to show a little bit more viciousness, but when she came out, everybody watched and went, she's dead. And they tuned out immediately. Yeah. They just, uh, they just went this geek who gets, Beat up I didn't think she had a chance. Of, there was
0: only two options. There was one. It was going to be another non-finished match. And so I'm already mentally disengaged
1: or two. Or she was going to lose her thing or she Stuff was going to lose.
0: It. Yeah. Right. Which, which also mentally makes me disengage. But like, cause I've already figured out the option tree here. Kaylee Ray is not losing this match.
1: Yeah, the, I mean the interesting choice might be you have Kay, or you have Dakota Kai absolutely lose her her stuff and just get the have the have the worst DQ in wrestling which is kicking too much ass. You could have done that and maybe maybe it would have helped something. But yeah, you know, everybody looked at this and went, "Ugh, ah, cuz there's nothing invested in and in. they had the Dakota Kai story. People got invested on it. They gave her a huge Comeback applause! She's crying. It's great. She cuts a promo. She hugs Tegan Knox. They have a tag team match. They're doing great. Blah blah blah. She's back to just being Dakota Kai who got bullied by Shayna Baszler again, and they're gonna have to re- either rebuild her again or or turn her and make her reborn. But if she doesn't factor into this finish in the War Games, then why are we watching this?
0: Yeah, I. I don't know. I mean, that really, she's got to go heel at War Games. She's got to betray Tegan Knox. I think that that's the angle now.
1: Tegan. I have an idea for another story, but yeah. Yeah, we'll, you were we'll a lousy to friend that.
0: to me. You didn't even stand up to me when Mia Yim was inserted into you know this War Games team. You act like I'm not even there. Now do you see me? Something like that. Next, next, <laughs> the Viking Raiders versus the Forgotten <laughs> oh, Sons.
1: God. What did we do to deserve this? Um, I've I worked match. hard my
0: whole life. Is is the answer?
1: We see the Forgotten Sons and the Viking Raiders getting into it in the parking lot. Okay, Forgotten Sons are there to lose, but they don't get squashed. We have a long, drawn out match. We have Jackson Riker interfering. Eh. You know, and why then is Laundry Riker Wars.
0: not in this match though? I, I it seems
1: Because he doesn't because he only wrestles singles or in six man. He does not wrestle as a part of the Forgotten Sons team in terms of the tag team. The tag team That makes is... no
0: sense though considering who the opponents are. I, I understand that as a general practice, I get that as a general preference, and you want the tag team to be thought of as Blake and Cutler, but it feels like the Viking Raiders might necessitate a little bit more size alongside Cutler.
1: You think there'd be strategy to this? Like, hey, there's this big team. Let's put the biggest guy on our team. These guys the have team. never
0: played NBA Jam, is what I'm trying
1: to say. <laughs> Let's put Rick Smits and Reggie Miller out there instead of Person and Miller. Yeah, um, or Detlef Shrimp. Death Shrimp was a guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, you know, give me. I, I was hoping for you know my Forgotten Sons UK to come out too, but. No. Uh, <laughs> next,
0: they were forgotten. After that, we have a video package with Adam Cole.
1: Yeah, I, I wish I, I liked it. I wish he had ended it with Boom, but I like. Uh, yes, right. Undisputed. I was waiting
0: for Boom. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I was it, waiting for Boom. Yeah, but I, I but like he, it.
1: He's a great champ. He really he is. is. He's he's one of those guys that uh, that that he makes the belt better as opposed to just has the title. I mean, and this is no offense to guys like even Finn. Or Nakamura, or Bobby Roode, or Samoa Joe, or people of that era. But um,
0: oh, see, that's interesting. I actually think that he's doing kind of a Bobby Roode move, and I think Bobby a bit. Yeah, I think Bobby bit. actually was good.
1: I did, in, you know, what? in terms I of liked working him. the act,
0: and, and I think the whole. His rebrand of the belt and adding that prestige and class dynamic, that kind of Rick Flairish yes, element. I yes, thought all the those robe, the, great. the whole
1: robe thing and the presentation thing. That yeah, I I might be discounting Rude because he just he was put in there against guys that you're just like, well, it'll be a match, and and his match never stole the show. No, so to speak. So maybe I'm just discounting him a bit too much. So. Mayakal put on me. I like Robert Roode a lot. I, I do. I think he's, I think he has, he's he underrated. Has
0: that, it's weird. Cause he doesn't have great matches, but I think he's a great talent, which is kind of that, a different thing.
1: He has that championship presence and he yes. has that classy presence and he has that Rick rude. You want to watch him all the time type presence, but he never gets the chance. Cause I think, I think he's an underrated promo, and I think yes, if they had also. given him, if they if they had taken, if they had taken the restraints off versus making him just go to, and they call that glorious, you know, all that crap every time to get to the tagline, as opposed to just letting him talk and maybe giving him a manager. Like I thought, this team with him and Ziggler could have been something too, but you know they're just gonna be mechanics in there you know making other guys look good anything on
0: wwe main roster because they don't invest in character development characters don't really matter and like kind of that what's the interplay between rude and ziggler that's a question like no one's going to ask in a writing meeting and even if it gets asked it won't be followed through on screen to a point where anyone will be thinking in those terms
1: think next is a tag team match. We've already gone through that. Am I correct? No, I?
0: you're wrong. It's about oh, Adam I'm Cole sorry. facing Dominic Dijakovic in a ladder oh, match. Oh, yes,
1: the ladder match. Um, <laughs> How can I put this? Adam Cole, I think, needs to work a different style against Dominic Dijakovic than he works against Johnny Gargano. Because, like the, the Panama sunrise on Donovan, Donovan <laughs> Dijakovic looks ridiculous. Um, the nesty plunge. Look, I'm going to be impressed by any man that big who takes a fall into another ladder that you're risking your health. You're you're doing your bump card. I was slightly underwhelmed by this ladder match. But I, was I know they were well. playing it safe.
0: I, no, you know, and the other thing is bad. Can't have to play it safe no, because they're doing matches do all this weekend. A week. After you did that knockdown, drag out, insanely awesome match of the year contender ladder match with Mia Yim. I I don't understand I mean I get the stip, I get I get it, and I get how a ladder match makes some sort of narrative sense for this, but
1: you And stakes. It gives it stakes of who gets the who gets the No, I think the stakes are are good. The
0: stakes are good. I just think that doing a ladder match a week after doing a ladder match was a bad call and doing a ladder match going into war games when you need to make sure that those two guys are safe going into war games yes. means that you have to do a muted ladder match. So this is otherwise a logical decision, but not logical when you consider the calendar and what's on either side of this week.
1: Yeah, care must be taken with these guys. If you're going to put them in something called war games, you don't want them going to war two days beforehand. You know, kind of uh,
0: in war, the battles come one after another. Jeff, it's not just one big battle. And then the war's over.
1: Yes, but war games is one of your big takeovers. I understand the joke. I'm not no selling it. No, you you are.
0: this, This is yet another one of your classic no sells that hurts my feelings. And I take to the grave.
1: You can reach him at Chris Novembrino. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, if they're going to do all this crazy stuff in the cage and you kind of hope it's brutal, um, you don't want them doing brutal two days beforehand. But I I get that. That's fine.
0: Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, Shall we move on to another show? Where would you like to go?
1: Well, it ended, we'll go to the ending here of NXT uh, because I think it, it's going to lead to at least something. Because oh yeah, Seth, Rollins, Seth
0: Rollins, yeah,
1: Seth Rollins, the universe, former Universal Champion, um, makes an appearance, super kicks Adam Cole. I'm I'm figuring they're setting this up for Survivor Series in some way. Uh, Raw and last week's SmackDown have kind of been indicating some things in terms of the five on five team. We'll we'll do our predictions on that. But, you know, I thought those overall, I mean, look, I, I, the invasion part was overkill because it just kept coming. and. Oh, coming my and God. Everything.
0: Everything's an invasion. Every single match. It's too bad. Yeah. And it's like that on every single show.
1: But I like the interplay between Cole and, and Rollins. And I think they work really well together. But so, I mean, I, I like it. I liked the Drew. I like Drew McIntyre coming in. I must call him Drew Galloway. Is that the name they use uh you know as a former champ I think that was kind of cool yeah so I mean you 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 get the uh you get the uh alumni section of NXt involved in a lot of these matches and you got the goodwill of full sale uh that part of the planning was great I just thought it was a bit overkill on hey we got to invade on every single match
0: yeah I think the invasion stuff has played the best on NXt I I think yeah. that it feels the audience is kind of the most on board with what's occurring on NXt the WWE main roster live audience, like they, <laughs> there's a little bit of duh going on in that crowd. They they are not following a lot of this stuff.
1: Let's quickly go through UK because we still have predictions to go.
0: Absolutely NXT UK. What begins this show? Because I thought I was clicking on UK. This was and I oh, wasn't. this is Trent. Trent, Trent seven. seven. That's right.
1: Against uh against Kona Reeves. Um. Yeah. The the promo was just. I, I hated this promo. I hated everything about this promo. You're too fat to be a wrestler, kind of thing. Um. I'm the finest. You know. You know. It's I, okay. I did all like, right.
0: We got a little bit. Of I a did like here. the line.
1: I I did like the line about NXT UK being the brother with snaggled with teeth crooked teeth. Like yeah, yeah. 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 No. no. That was cool.
0: Okay. So um, this is what I like about it. one. Kona's whole gimmick here is that he's he's an idiot who is super obsessed with cosmetic looks. Um, and and yes. I, I think okay. actually I think actually it's even better now that he's made all the work on his body to really kind of take himself to another level. Like it's this character's singular obsession. If you run with the whole on on screen thing. So he doesn't see the merits of a guy like Trent Seven and doesn't see how this guy is a star and how this guy actually does have a look and has a style and how women could actually be drawn to a guy like Trent Seven and think he's kind of cute, actually.
1: Let me tell you something, Trent Seven does fine with the women. I'm sure he does. Right, i I'll tell you... I'll tell you off air. Um (laughs) No, no, I
0: I have no doubt. Um, Like Um, He's a dapper guy. And so I love Kona Reeves being the ignorant, shallow guy getting put in his place by Trent Seven, who we keep referring to as the Dusty Rhodes of this brand. Dusty Rhodes, not exactly someone who did a ton of ab work.
1: No. And my God, I I get sending him to other territories, but both Aaliyah. Who's who, by the way, broken nose work. I kind of thought something was up, but I didn't say it. because I didn't want to seem foolish, but she's getting surgery. Um Cosmetic in nature and Kona Reeves. These guys have been in this system forever. They've improved, but not enough. Send them, send them to a dojo somewhere. Send them to some Indies to just start working. Cause these guys should be much better than they are, especially a guy that has talent like Kona Reeves. It's driving me insane at this point because he's never going to reach what they want him to reach being in this system because they're just doing drills. They're not really.
0: Yes. No, he, he needs to go elsewhere. He needs seasoning. It's the system
1: quarterback fallacy. It, it's like, look, we'll get a quarterback in here. We'll teach him our system. But if he never goes out there and plays other schemes and stuff, like that, he's never a well-rounded quarterback. That's all I want Kona Reeves to be liked the match. Trent Seven, great as usual. Probably the best baby face they have in NXT UK uh, than the big strong boy. Um, yeah, it was fine.
0: What came after that?
1: Oh God, I don't have the results. I don't
0: right have the there. results either. There's, we we oh. taped this early this week, so you got to work off your brain.
1: I, I didn't have that. Let's vamp. You're gonna. Need I'm gonna to vamp. Editors. All Mark right. So uh, let let's see what's going on
0: here in. Um, recent Chris news. So my Steph Curryless team, team, um, I traded away Steph Curry, and uh, I actually managed to save the fantasy basketball team. I'm sure you were all very excited about that. Good job, Chris. Yes, nailing it once again. Uh, I bought a cat tower for the cats. Uh, the, a little bit of behavioral issues with my youngest one, Shadow. He's been chasing my oldest one, Hazy, around a, a lot recently, and so I decided that... I wanted to kind of get some of his young pup energy out, and I bought a cat tower. He's loving that. We are also walking him on a harness. Hawkins thinks that's strange. Shadow loves it, though. It's
1: just weird to walk a cat on a leash. It is
0: not weird to walk a cat on a leash. What is weird is to not love your pets.
1: Okay, so after the match of course, Trent Seven in the crowd, glad handling glad handing, all that other good stuff. Eddie oh, Dennis. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie Dennis. Dennis. I actually kinda back. like
0: this reappearance of Eddie Dennis.
1: Yeah, so uh Eddie Dennis. He always looks won't good go. in a suit.
0: Well yes, hopefully he, does. he won't be in gym shorts.
1: Yes. I'm I'm looking forward to his rebirth. I liked his promos. God, it's been at least two months since we saw the last promo of his.
0: This poor guy. I feel like we're going to do the same character with him again. They just keep... The dream keeps getting deferred even longer for Eddie
1: Dennis. A-Kid versus Jack Stars. I did not expect this match to go off. I thought someone was coming in to give him a beating. But no, A-Kid. Um,
0: Unfinished business with the cash is that They just kind of floated out there, but apparently that's just part of the A-Kid build. Um... It's it's weird. They got over the idea that the A stands for anonymous, and he was the anonymous kid. I don't. I think they're being a little too subtle on that. And then also, people were kind of on board with Jack Stars again, in, in no small part because Jack Stars looks a lot bigger than the last time you saw him on TV. And
1: he also dies every time he's out there. That's the Jack Stars thing. As he comes out, he gets killed, dragged to the back. He's 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 the you know he's the designated red shirt of NXT UK. And eventually, people get behind that. They want to see him and get a win, so I can understand that. I, you know, I think A Kid's good for this brand. Um, I, I would think- have had him
0: against a heel though, and I, I think you know Jordan Devlin coming in yes. a little later on here helps get the A Kid thing back on track. But I don't necessarily like going to Devlin right away either.
1: Yeah, I, and I also think you know it's one of those things where A Kid needs to show some personality rather than just being here's who he is. He's a kid. And they, you know, they bring him out there and he's very athletic. Cause that'll be, that's the, the Lagero Travis banks, you know, uh,
0: Leggero is just upset that the fans were denied a finish to the match. That was, that, that has to go in terms of one line, bad promos. That might be an all time one line, bad promo. That's not on Lagero. That is a horrible piece of scripted dialogue.
1: Ginny comes out looking only as she can look to do a backstage promo with with Jazzy and Radzy. They Basically, brought some
0: coherence to the pinfall of Jazzy Gabbard.
1: Mm hmm. Ginny uh, is, of course, not impressed with Piper Niven. Uh, very good clash of styles here. I'm looking forward to it, but I look forward to anything Ginny does. Talks down Radzy, which always gets high marks from my book and then walks away. Fine little promo. No, but she
0: ruffles Jazzy Gabbert's feathers a yes. couple of times throughout the yeah, promo and Jazzy yeah. sells it with her eyes. It's the beginning
1: it's the beginning of the turn. It's the yes. beginning of the beast turning on the master. Yeah. And we, we 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 called this. I mean, this is of the course. natural this story. Is,
0: this is the there's nothing wrong with telling a predictable story. If you've yeah. got the right characters casted for the story, you're yeah, telling.
1: When, when, you, when you start saying, yes, she failed to do this. And then you go, well, wait a second, jerk. Where were you with this? Piper Nevin
0: never pinned me.
1: Yeah, she never pinned me. Yeah. You know, the two arrogant by half, cocky, loud mouth with the brute just going. She's trying to take credit for my work. I'm good with the story. I love the story. Uh Grizzled Young Veterans came out. Zach Gibson. Put it in my veins. Love that guy.
0: I love him. That man's great. He's so funny. Like that. We just I, want what's best for you people.
1: What what is Gibson wearing? What the, the Drake the dinner, the dinner Drake is jacket, more, Drake
0: has to be they are dumb and dumber. It's not
1: awesome. Gibson. Not Gibson. Uh Drake, you're right. Sorry. The smoking jacket, the blue smoking jacket with like palm trees, the black pants that are way too short and way too tight with no with no socks and loafers. I don't know if I love this because it's obvious he's trying to play classy and he's not. Or if I hate it because he's making these bold fashion choices and thinks they look good. I don't know where I am on this, Chris. Where am I on this?
0: I think it's terribly amusing because these guys are a little bit delusional. Like, they're the former tag team champions, and yes, they are good, but they are grizzled young veterans, which is oxymoronic. Like, they are, you know, they've been doing this for a while, but a veteran by their very nature is older and it's not just about how much combat experience you've had. It's about how much life seasoning you've had. You can only have 40 years of life experience by living 40 years or by going through like horrible, horrible traumas. Um, But in most cases, one's veteran status and the healthy veteran status comes from being a little bit older. So what you have here with the gristled young veterans are two guys who think that like, low key they they've been wrestling for 25 years
1: the genius of this promo to me is that it's actually a babyface promo but they know by being heels and trying to give this kind of promo they're just going to continue to get heat because they they go with the local sports legend with the statue and the plaque you know they're basically begging to be put in this tag team title match and, but, and, it's and like but it's super disingenuous, like them caring about yes. the, the kid. Fair
0: play. It's really about fair play, Jeff. It's
1: really about fairness, guys. We have a resume, you know. We should. You
0: know, we just we, want what's best for you. No, no, this nothing. disingenuous. Just want,
1: we just want the fans to be happy. I died at that line. I absolutely. love I go. You. You were. This. This was a promo. This this is one of the better promos in NXT UK history. Possibly the best. I I adored it. I loved it.
0: Yeah, no. We just want the fans to be happy. Like, it's a memorable line. I will remember that line. I will remember Gibson saying it. There was, I also enjoyed that he kept referring to Sid Scala as Skid. Um, yeah and, and there was a point where James Drake uh, he, he started to corpse and he had to like grab his mouth and like reset his face it was funny
1: Jordan Devlin gives us his Ted talk yes love uh, this. thank you for attending my talk
0: at the <laughs> thank end thank you for uh, attending
1: my talk I love that end I died I, I love Jordan Devlin too I, I'm God I wish I could give him a bigger stage no to he's too good
0: to be a heel too I, I think yeah. this guy this guy needs to be a trash talking babyface.
1: Rich Holland debuts the ex-Luke Menzies. Um, yes,
0: we liked Luke Menzies.
1: We um, liked Luke Menzies a lot. I am I I I like I kind of like his getup. I don't like... It reminds me a little too much of the Big Bully. The club, you know, Big Bully music, yeah, yep. a little bit. And
0: I kind of like the Big Bully music, not like as a worker, but as a character. But I don't know that I like that this reminds me of the Big Bully.
1: They put over that he trained with a local legend, so they had his mentor out there. That was um,
0: weird. It was weird because he's obviously a heel. a heel. Right. So to give him this like local legend rub thing is a strange little beat in this. Uh, yeah. And he, he comes down. He's working a Peaky Blinders style gimmick. And yeah. then he beats up Oliver Carter.
1: Is Peaky I, Blinders and, any good? I haven't watched.
0: That. I haven't watched it. Um, but that was what was invoked, and I, I believe the g- name of the gangs actually the Peaky Blinders. Yes, or that, that's yeah.
1: what. Yeah, it's a historical reference. But I know they have the TV show. And yeah, they involved.
0: do. Um, the guy who played Scarecrow in the Batman movies. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's
1: in it, and also the guy who I think of as Mira Carcetti, Littlefinger from uh, Game of Thrones, Aiden. Quillen, I think his name is, he's in it too. Yeah, no, I kinda of wanna see it, but uh For sure. Yeah but uh yeah, no, so he
0: beats up he beats up Oliver Carter. Uh we get to <laughs> this is no such, but this this is this is an NXT debut, but the one thing that the NXT debut tends to be good at that other debuts are not so good at is I now know what Rich Holland's series of moves are. Yes. I know what his setup is, I know what his finish is, they called out the name of his take off your cap or your, doff your cap or whatever the line is. That's the setup for his little power slam thing. They called out both the moves, Tom and Nigel. The Northern Grit
1: is also the I Northern mean, Grit.
0: Is, yeah, 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 the Northern Grit. Tom and Nigel are low key a very, very, very good commentary They're team. They're outstanding, Nest, they because you can close your eyes and actually follow the action, which is a thing that you cannot say for a lot of different products. Well,
1: here's the other thing: is Tom was sneaky good on NXT as well. When he is when he when he doesn't have to be the hard shill. And as an actual play by play guy, as opposed to selling you vacuum cleaners and dessert toppings, he's fantastic. As, and I think he can just let loose here because you, you, he does get he does try and needle not, Nigel a bit, too. He's a little bit looser. He's not being produced as tightly because Vince doesn't care about NXT UK. And he's perfectly fine here. He really is. I, I, I it makes the show more
0: enjoyable.
1: Yes, and I think Nigel kind of Nigel can then play his heel role a little bit more here because he has more of a straight laced veteran. Not that you know, um, kid who just went to Raw play by play guy. Vic Dang. Joseph. Vic Joseph was fine, but he was a little stiff at times. Uh, Noam Dar meets up with Oliver Carter and Ashton Smith. Yeah, oh, all we need, all we need is one, all we need is one win. Yeah, good luck with that, Ashton. And then God, hey,
0: no okay. the, the gooberiest one win will turn it around. I'm like, no, not for that's, you. That's not, not how wrestling works. No. But like, you don't just have one good match and then you're done.
1: So Oliver Carter is gonna, or is it Ashton or Oliver that's gonna get die at the hands of Noam Dar next? So week?
0: Ashton's gonna die to Noam Dar, and then Oliver's gonna get the win back.
1: Maybe that. You know what? That could finally get him straight because no no he's, the, da, he's the he's the no, he's already kai. dead he's the dakota kai of nxt uk right now he really is they I, I
0: just they completely blew it with this guy they killed it
1: they killed him dead first week unbelievable stunning um, and then your main event Ilya dragunov versus alexander wolf i had a fun time with this i gotta admit Ilya grates on me in certain ways the contacts the the delusional smaller guy thing, but I think Alexander Wolf was fantastic in this match. I didn't
0: like his promo at all leading into this match. I thought Ilya Dragun, like introducing this whole, like he's my mentor, yeah. like all the tone. and like He was well, never
1: your mentor. What the hell are you talking no, about? No, it's left... like, and it, like, it's a tone at that's really on detached.
0: Yeah. Uh, on TV, never. Yeah. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. outside, I don't know. But that's yeah. not the story that we're getting told here on NXT UK. It's sort of adjacent to the more interesting question of, All right, so, like, what is the relationship between you and Gallus at this point? Like, what do you guys do? Have you talked? Are you. There's, like, just much more interesting questions than having Ilya Dragunov talking about how beating Alexander Wolf tonight will be like beating his mentor and it'll be a massive victory for him.
1: Wolf wins as he should, and Imperium comes out for the beatdown. Gallus makes the save. We get the stare down with the title between Joe Coffey and Walter, which will be your main event for NXT Takeover Blackpool. They did two. a nice
0: job protecting Ilya Dragunov with the way yeah. they finished out that match too. I, the I ki- like the that ki- the kick
1: out, the, the kick, kick out, out was, and the one, yes, and then right. and then the pin with the power bomb.
0: Exactly. I thought that yeah. the, all, he, he get there's the interference. He still gets back into the driver's seat for a second, but that's just enough interference to get Wolf the win. But yeah, no, I, I thought that that was balanced out very, very nicely.
1: Okay, long show for you kids this week, but we we do it out of love. We're going to preview both War Games and Survivor Series. I'm just going to run it down. I'll ask your opinions. Four-match card for NXT TakeOver Saturday night on the WWE Network. I am stoked for this. I think any of these matches could possibly steal the show in some ways. Number one contender for the the NXT Championship, they will fight at Survivor Series. Pete Dunne versus Killian Dane versus Damian Priest. I think this is fairly simple. I think Pete Dunne is going to be facing Cole at Survivor Series, but I, you know, what if Vince gets this call? I could see Damian Priest, but I think the easy call here is Pete Dunne having a match on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's Pete Dunne. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to turn Killian Dane, or I'm sorry, not Killian Dane. It doesn't make any sense to turn Killian Dane, but it doesn't make any sense to turn Damian Priest either.
1: Matt Riddle taking on Finn Balor in a singles match. I think Riddle continues to lose. Yeah, I I think think Riddle. No, Finn
0: Balor has to win that match. We we need to reestablish this new heel, Finn Balor and Matt Riddle. Maybe the losing streak storyline wouldn't be the worst thing in the world right now.
1: I think Finn does not win clean though. Let's go with that. Yeah, maybe he low
0: blows Matt Riddle or something like that.
1: Yeah, I think I think he has to win by DQ or he has to win by cheating, or he has to be DQ'd and maybe Matt Riddle gets a win by DQ. But I just do not see. I I can't see them. They've been beating they've been beating Riddle clean in big matches too much lately. Maybe chicanery this time. So on the on the women's side, Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim take on Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kaylee Ray in the first ever women's war games match chris who do you have in this i'm gonna let you go first
0: i think the heels win mm. going with the baby faces because you think they're gonna to try to push rhea ripley
1: i don't know because i don't know if this lineup stands i in the back of my mind i'm still seeing that story from a couple of weeks ago i think where maybe Mia Yim gets replaced by Dakota Kai and they have no faith in her whatsoever. And either she turns heel on them for not having faith in her or she wins and they, oh, this this
0: is the way you make Dakota Kai sting with the crow face paint
1: or yeah, or, or they or in order to build her up for Shayna. I don't know. And Tegan
0: Knox is like Lex Luger. It doesn't understand what's going on through Dakota Kai's mind. I am into that storyline if they want to do that.
1: I would be too. I I think conventional wisdom is you are correct because all four of these heels are fairly powerful, and somehow you keep somehow you keep Rhea Ripley strong. Maybe she destroys, uh, maybe she destroys Dakota Kai for trying to interfere. I I just think you have to have Dakota Kai involved in this somehow. I don't know if they replace her or if she tries to interfere and it backfires on her, but something has to happen here. Trench Um, Dakota Kai, yeah. But I see the baby faces losing this one. Um, yeah, I think so. And on the men's side, the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong take on Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, and a player to be determined. Chris, let's do this. Let's pick someone who you think it will probably be and pick someone who could be out of left field that you would go, oh, that's kind of interesting.
0: Okay. Who I think it will be, is Johnny in a match on this show?
1: Johnny cannot compete, apparently, because he has not been cleared by the doctor. That might be a work, but I believe it to be true.
0: Okay. So, my gut still says Johnny. It it just seems like the intrigue, especially during that show that night, is can Johnny and Tommaso work together? And there's no dynamic with Tommaso that's going to quite be the same as that. Um, again, and, and that would make sense with the Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee thing. Strange friends coming together. That, that's that got to be the pairing here. So who's the foil for Tommaso Ciampa who's interesting? Oh, golly. Well,
1: you're thinking of the out-of-the-box one, I will go with the straight-ahead one that I think it's going to be. I actually think they're going to bring in Walter walter as the uk champ because I have the uk women's champ here it's an uneasy alliance of sorts sure or whatever it's absolutely ridiculous because then you have three giants against tiny heels but my out of the box pick will be absolute i mean i think kevin owens might be a good pick here as well that's It'll interesting the crowd um, I think for straight ahead picks, I think those are my two thoughts are either Kevin Owens or Walter because Kevin Owens coming back after getting a beat down on uh, Friday by the Undisputed era. I think he comes back home to NXT after the he's big got Hunter unfinished
0: promo. business. Yes. with the Undisputed. So the my one outside the box one, this is I definitely feel like the dark horse now would be Tyler Bate.
1: Tyler Bate is one I thought about, too. He's a good pick as well. My way outside the boxing is bringing a main roster person who's a former NXT champ, but you are not expecting in any way just to kind of get that, oh, they're doing this with him.
0: Shinsuke Biggie, Nakamura.
1: Biggie Langston.
0: Okay, Big E would actually be a lot of fun, th- too. And then
1: it would set up also the tag match on Survivor Series between Undisputed Era and The New Day in some ways. I think that would be intriguing because they've been doing a lot of this NXT alumni type thing. I think Biggie would be an interesting one to kind of go, okay, what do we have with the singles guy here? It's way out of the box. I don't expect them to ever do it.
0: You, know. you want someone who can play off of Tommaso. So, like, again, one more out of the box one. Sami Zayn coming home and trying yeah. to convince Tommaso Ciampa that he loves this friend He really wants to be here and he wants to be on the team and you're never sure if he's actually going to turn on the faces and just side with the undisputed era because he's now a little shipbird Sami Zayn. I think like that could be fun. I don't think they're going to do that, but I
1: also expect the babyface side to implode on this side. On this okay,
0: match. so you think you think the heels are going to win both war games, huh? That's
1: the, and that's my problem, is that's why I'm thinking maybe Dakota gets inserted into the women's and somehow wins it for them. She
0: saves the day. She uh. saves the
1: day because, womp, womp, womp. because there's no way you can have these big guys on this babyface team against these small conniving heels who all work together and think of a way out other than maybe Dijakovic and Lee come to blows in the middle of the match and then the four... And then, and then the undisputed Era take advantage of that on Ciampa or or the or, or something, and then and then they wonder why the fourth guy didn't help. But you know, Triple H is teasing this fourth guy as being an epic choice. So I'm I'm intrigued, but I don't think I'm going to be too intrigued until I see who it is, and then I'll go, oh man, that's fascinating. If it pops me, if it's somebody like Gargano, well, he's welcome back. I like him.
0: Yeah, right. and That, that doesn't feel epic, um, but yeah, you, you want—I just want something for the ba- I, the babyface team is going to implode. So you need something for Tommaso Ciampa to sink his teeth into coming out of this. So, yeah, I'm not. Maybe that's Velveteen Dream.
1: Could be Velveteen Dream. Could be, could be Finn Balor. <laughs> I mean, that would be, that would be Cole.
0: really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And you have him there and it's not clear whose side he's on. I, that, I mean, I think that that's going to be kind of the theme of the night in both these matches. I mean, questions about, are is everyone truly loyal on one side of the team?
1: So have that. I think that's going to be the show of the weekend. As usual, I think it's going to be a great show. If you have to pick one, pick that one. Always beat the NXT
0: show. Yes, like that's go, been true for five years.
1: Never, never doubt them. So Sunday, we get the Survivor Series going order from bottom to top of the uh, Wikipedia listings. Adam Cole taking on whoever wins the triple threat for the NXT championship. I think Adam Cole is obviously going to retain no matter who it is. I think Pete Dunne will have a lot of goodwill, but I just don't see them beating Cole just yet.
0: Well, I don't. Why would you beat Cole at Survivor Series? I think that they want to have title drops of the NXT title beyond NXT TakeOver shows.
1: I would agree. So we're unite on that. Next up for the WWE Universal Championship, The Fiend Bray Wyatt taking on Daniel Bryan. We are not sure, because we have not watched SmackDown, how this angle ends, because we're taping this before SmackDown. Oh, I
0: bet you it ends with... Hey!
1: Yes, you don't have to put on the red light, Um.
0: (laughs) but I could,
1: but they will. And I believe The Fiend will retain, perhaps with Sammy interfering um, in some way to screw over Daniel Bryan. Yeah, that's that one's easy. Uh, Brand supremacy, triple threat match. AJ Styles taking on Shinsuke Nakamura, taking on Roddy Strong. This is this they are they are baiting me hard with this one because I think this one could be knockdown drag out, and then it could be the dream match of Nakamura versus AJ Styles again where he gets kicked in the balls. I but I'm looking forward to what we get out of this. I will say that with
0: Roderick Strong and yeah. AJ Styles, you
1: feel almost confident
0: that you're going to get good skay.
1: Yeah. Um, it just depends how much time they give them if, or if they want to do a story match. It, yeah, it's one of also those weird true. things. Also true. Um, who do you have winning this? Because I'm, I'm going to see I'm Roderick
0: Strong gets the win here.
1: I'm wondering if there's going to be a theme of NXT is going to go over strong despite being over strong on all the beatdowns, or if they get beat all night. That's the thing I'm wondering right now.
0: Well, I, th- and if they are going over strong here, maybe that also kind of, helps cool the sting of not coming up short at war games so maybe we were right we never actually answered who we thought was winning between the heels and the faces on which one on war games uh with, with the oh yeah
1: we did i i yeah i picked the undisputed you, you said
0: the undisputed oh okay i never said anything but it doesn't really matter
1: Wh- who do you think i'm
0: gonna say i'm gonna, just to just keep it interesting i'll say the baby faces i think the okay. baby faces find a find a way to get to win
1: yeah, and I I think that would make you know whoever they bring in go, go look good. Um, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. Maybe that that return or that whoever they're bringing in ends up getting a real kind of like rocket strap to him.
1: F- for this one, I like Roddy as well. I think this will be maybe NXT's lone win in the triple threats of some kind, uh, or we'll see. Um, Five on five on five men's triple threat. Good God. These triple threats are going to go a long time with multiple people. Uh, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, and Ricochet taking on Roman Reigns, Mustafa Ali, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, and Shorty G taking on whoever the hell survives the war games, pay-per-view, and probably a couple of cannon fodder, like an Isaiah Swerve Scott or whoever team NXT to be, to be determined. Um, do you have any strong thoughts on who's going to be on that team or, or not, or any thoughts on this match?
0: We're going to say the Raw team wins.
1: I think it's fairly obvious team. Well,
0: hmm. I just don't see the SmackDown team winning with uh, King Corbin on it. That and, and I, Now that they've made Chad Gable into Shorty G, anything he does I feel is automatically going to lose.
1: Yeah, but if Owens, for some reason, implodes that Raw team by taking out Orton or McIntyre or Ricochet, uh, I'm going to say, yeah, Team Raw wins this, I think. I think it's going to be fairly easy, although I think they're going to eliminate the NXT guys fairly quick. I think they're eventually going to try and do an underdog story with Shorty G by eliminating a few people other than Roman Reigns. Oh, Shorty
0: G versus Randy Orton for a minute might be fun.
1: That might be fun. It might be fun. It might be great. It might just be an absolute cluster. Who knows?
0: I There's too many people around the ring for this match. It's, it's just a lot of bodies.
1: Team Raw, Charlotte Flair, Natalia, Asuka, Kairi Sane, and Sarah Logan versus Team SmackDown of Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross taking on whatever women are left out of NXT after war games. I have a tendency to think it's going to be... It's going to be the ba- most of the babyface team, Shayna, and maybe Dakota Kai in there. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you get Vanessa Bourne. Maybe you get Tina Conti.
0: No, I, I, think you're, <laughs> I think you're right. Shayna, Dakota Kai, Rhea Ripley,
1: uh, Tegan Nox. And Tegan and maybe Knox. M-
0: Yeah, yeah. No, because I, I do think coming out of War Games here, a little bit of friction between Tegan and Dakota
1: whoever's not hurt basically but mostly baby faces and Shayna. um i i tend to think raw wins this one too maybe Io shirai Io shirai has to be on it for kyrie sane
0: yeah 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 um i, I, I could say, see r-
1: no man i'll just smackdown. smackdown smackdown sasha and, and nikki cross survive i think cuz they really like both of them
0: yeah um, yeah they do yeah they like nikki
1: the viking raiders Take on the New Day. Take on the Undisputed Era in a brand supremacy triple threat. No revival as of this time. They could be added, I think. But right now, I think the Undisputed Era win this one. I think they keep them strong all night, have all four win.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I I think... The one thing that they've been really good about ever since the NXT brand launch on TV is they've been pushing the Undisputed's really strong and keeping them very strong in booking patterns. And I, I think that you're right. I think the theme here is the Undisputed's get wins that are in aggregate high profile, but are also peppered through the card in such a way that they don't necessarily like stick out to you immediately while they're happening.
1: Becky Lynch versus Bailey versus Shayna Baszler in a brand supremacy triple threat match of all the women's champions. Again, SmackDown yet to air. So I don't know how that ends, but I think Aunt Pam's getting the win. Aunt Pam has a new haircut, has a new attitude. I think Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler beat the crap out of each other. And somehow, somehow Bailey rolls up Becky Lynch for the win here. I think you you got to go. You
0: got to go further, though. I think Bailey needs to like these are no disqualification, right?
1: Uh, yes, triple threat. There are no DQs. Yeah,
0: yeah I think Bailey needs to go weapons, like, in a heavy and hard way.
1: This is the match I am looking forward to the most, to be honest with you, because I am so intrigued by this. I am so... well, she's and got to kind of
0: maul Becky and Shayna, I think, is yeah. what needs to happen here. Because she's floundering. She's not good on the microphone. You're never going to be able... To build let's her, see. putting her gonna- in the commentary booth, you're not going to be able to build. They're doing these promos. What she needs to do is, when she's in the ring, she needs to be really vicious to the point where it actually kind of shocks and horrifies the young kids who were once into Bailey, but now if they're kind of teenagers, they're oh, it's kind of cool. Um, not only that, let's brutal. let's
1: not only that. Let's see if she can out vicious Shayna Baszler.
0: I agree, exactly. That I, she needs be to be she, Shayna needs to be scared of Bailey at the end of this match.
1: That is exactly how Becky got over on Ronda Rousey is that she turned out to be more vicious than Ronda Rousey at one point with the kendo sticks and whatnot. I mean, that that's really what solidified her being the man to me, that and getting bloodied up by Nia Jax. I think... I think Bailey, Bailey and
0: Shayna need to be a little... Or I'm sorry, Shayna and Becky need to end this match or have a point in this match, not for prolonged periods of time, but a point in this match where both of them are legitimately scared of Bailey.
1: Yes, I would agree. I think I think you need to put her over huge in this during the story of the match. And then somehow she steals a win as, as you you got to continue Becky versus Shayna at some point, but I think Bailey needs to steal the win from Becky here. And then finally, <laughs> because we have all these triple threats where there are no rules. We have a no holds barred match for the WWE championship. Brock Lesnar taking on Ray Mysterio Jr. Does this last more than two minutes?
0: I don't know, but can I just say this about Rey Mysterio's promo on Raw? That was actually low key pretty good. I it, liked it. It, it it's was the a best good promo bro- he's. It, at, yes,
1: it's the best promo he's ever cut. Yeah, no, it's really good because he never gets to be intense. He never gets to look at a guy with like any kind of loathing and hatred. Even when they were arguing over, you know, even when he and Eddie were arguing over whose son Dominic was, he
0: felt like a, a real guy.
1: Yes, he felt like a real father who was like, look, I may not be able to win this, but I'm bringing this pipe and I'm going to beat the hell out of you with it. And it, it was very Dusty Rhodes esque in many ways. He didn't have to, you know, God, the, the thing I hate about Ray was every promo for every program he did, he didn't invoke the spirit of Eddie Guerrero. You know, it's just yeah, like, no, dude, no, you're your own dude, man. Just go it, with that. It,
0: there's a The problem with Ray is sometimes he plays, and I get it. It's part of the character, but he plays it like a superhero.
1: He's a scrappy and underdog superhero like Shorty G. He's Short a yeah.
0: superhero. He's always a superhero. And, like, he doesn't always need to be a superhero, and he doesn't always need to be, like, on Lucha Underground, he was like Mickey from the Rocky movie like he he needs to sometimes just be a guy who plays a superhero and he's aware that like kids look up to him and that like he's a hero but like he's also a guy who goes to the Burger King and orders a burger like like, like that guy who's kind of aware that like I'm wearing a mask Uh, he needs to not actually in on the screen, it's it's like this is kind of meta. The character needs to not think that he's actually the character. He needs to think that he's a guy being the character.
1: You you want to get me on my feet? Have Ray Mysterio come out in this menacing as hell mask? You know, kind of like black. On this pentagon uh, all or something black. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want just the a,
0: scariest Ray we've ever seen.
1: A mask of death, where he's coming out with this pipe and just ready to, you know, blue jeans knee pads over blue jeans the pipe i'm not gonna be doing any of this 619 crap although i'll do one for the crowd to pop them i want him to hit
0: like brock with mist like red mist early like it's like (laughs) whoa wait what's happening here and then for five minutes he just massacres brock and then brock takes over and like smashes him yeah and finishes it out but like swiftly because brock realizes oh okay i need this needs to stop i'm getting hurt
1: yeah, and then suplex him thirty times and pin him. I'm fine with that. Yeah, but I think I think Brock wins this and retains. There's a ten percent chance I give of Ray getting the title to be transitional to somebody else, but I don't think that happens tonight.
0: No, yeah, it would be cool. I, I I actually think that him as at least winning the title off of Brock and kind of gaining the redemption would be kind of cool as a little transitional storyline. But I don't think that's what they're doing with him.
1: So that is our preview. We have gone through the week. I think we have been very thorough. I hope you've enjoyed this. You can follow me at Crap Game13. You can follow Chris at Chris Novembrino. You can follow just the show at Shake Them Ropes. We do have a little bit of a problem with communication in terms of when they upload shows, they no longer automatically go to our feed. So I do my best to uh do my best to retweet them from my account on the Shake Them Ropes account. If you don't want to hear my drivel about professional wrestling. Chris, as he alluded to, is an editor of other fine podcasts. He does. Chris, what do you have this week?
0: Yeah, so don't worry about the government. We got a uh, new episode coming out here for premium members. A little bit of debate breakdown, too, for the free side. Um, but we're going to get into all of uh, Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself and my thoughts on that. Um, if you're interested in any of that, you can find that at don'tworry.tv. I'm going to try to rope Lindsay in to tape some more All in the Family podcast episodes here <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, ha-ha. <laughs> um, try to get her into another episode here of, uh... <laughs> what? <laughs> of uh, of uh, All in the Family podcast. And, uh... Golly, I was thinking about editing this show. But I think we should just, like, leave it in its entirety and not ever check any of these shows ever again because that's the way that you do it in the big time.
1: Look, Joseph Connors won't be ignored. <laughs>
2: Win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See betmgm.com for terms. Twenty-one plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one-eight hundred GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.